Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson back together in the First Bank Studios here in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly Santer will be joining us later in the program. First time, I guess, in a couple of weeks. The whole crew has been back, but uh, we're glad to uh, be back with you. VJ Trolio is a golfer, a former golfer at USM, now an instructor at Old Waverly Golf Course. He'll be on the show later. Kelly, as I said, will be joining us later in the show. And we're about to talk to Andy Everett from Texas San Antonio, University of Texas San Antonio. Opening segment of the show, sponsored as it always is by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. And we thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour. Great food, seven days a week. You can enjoy it at home. You can enjoy it through the takeout. Uh, They'll deliver it to you. Or, of course, you can dine in however you choose. Just be sure that you choose Dickie's Barbecue. All right, the Golden Eagles entertaining the University of Texas at San Antonio this Saturday as the Roadrunners come in with a 5-4 and four record. Andy Everett knows all about him. He's the play-by-play voice of Texas San Antonio, no stranger to the Eagle Hour. And, uh, Andy, welcome back on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, good to be with you. Always good to talk to you. And uh, fair to say, a pretty good year going on down there for San Antonio. Yeah, it's been fantastic, and especially when you consider the fact that this is a new coaching staff. Uh, they did not get any spring practice. They barely got introduced to their team before COVID uh, hit in March and April. Uh, they had no spring game. Uh, they did not have any uh, had volunteer workouts in June, which most of the players came to, but the coaches didn't have interaction with them until late July and into August. Uh, they put a brand-new offense and a brand-new defense in, on, in through Zoom meetings, and uh, basically the team was kind of scattered all over the – the country, if you will, from where they were at at home, and then uh, were able to put together an offense and a defense, and, and they played really well for the most part all year long. Yeah, five wins, and, and I, I saw them play a couple of times that they came out on the short end of the scoreboard, but played very well. So overall, a good year. What's been the secret sauce, you think? Well, I, I think the first thing is is that this coaching staff is as is, is organized as any coaching staff I've ever seen, and they, they allow the players to just kind of be free and play. They're not bogging them down with, uh, you know, a lot of rules. It, it's, you know, do the right thing, basically, and players know when they're doing the right thing and do the wrong thing. So they haven't had to have any really major discipline issues. You know, occasionally you have to tell a player to make sure he gets to class or things like that, but that's the normal stuff that you can deal with. it. And, and then I think one of the things that this the coaching staff talked to the team when they got together in July was, listen, you want to play football this year, you're not going to be able to live the life of being a student. You're going to have to put athlete, uh, athletics first. You're going to have to be very careful who you go around because if we get too many people that can test positive, we won't be able to play. And this team is, has done uh, a, a great in that. And uh, to be able to play nine out of the ten weeks so far uh, has been remarkable. Uh, I think it's kind of nothing short of a miracle for any team to do that. And us in Texas State are the 
two teams that uh, went the longest without any issues, and then we had one right before the scheduled rice game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but uh, back on track, and uh, hopefully all will be well when we get to uh, to Southern Miss on Saturday. Luke, Andy Everett. Andy, thanks so much for coming on today. I want to talk for a minute about Coach uh, Jeff Trailer in his first year. Man, he has a really unique uh, coaching profile. You don't see a lot of guys get a, a D1 job uh, with you know as fast as his background. Maybe Gus Malzahn is somebody that rings a bell, but he was a high school coach, Gilmer High School in Texas, powerhouse. But, I mean, as, as recently as 2014, he was a high school football coach and then went to Texas under Charlie Strong and then SMU and Arkansas with Chad Morris. He has risen quickly in the coaching ranks and kind of a, a unique story there. Yeah, uh, and I think that Texas high school background is is the thing that's made him who he is. Uh, and he's told the story several times. He chose not to go to college uh, and be a coordinator or to be an offensive coach of any kind until his kids were out of high school. He didn't want to be that dad that was in the office 24-7 and never see his kids grow up. And now that they have grown up and they're all in college and one of them is a coach of the uh, assistant coach of the New Orleans Saints, uh, I, I don't know what the other son does. The daughter is at Texas A&M, I believe. Uh, so um, he's got uh, that. That's when he decided, okay, it's time for me to see where, where I can go with this job. And when the the interview process was going on, and they started talking to coaches about who they should hire, uh, several coaches told the administration at UTSA, "You need to talk to Jeff Trailer. This is the guy. This is the guy that's going to be the next great uh, head football coach somewhere." And that background he has, the Texas High School Football Coaches Association, is one huge fraternity. And they all look out for one another. And I think that's the biggest thing in, in, for UTSA is that he's recruiting Texas players. The, the roster is littered with Texas players and San Antonio players. And now you have, when once we get back to normal fan capacity, I think we're going to have even bigger and better attendance numbers because so many Texas families are going to be able to come see the kids play. Yeah, one of those guys, one of those Texas guys, the quarterback, Frank Harris, uh, he's really come on really in his first year of, of being a starter, got hurt last year. But when you look at you know the Roadrunner offense, uh, McCormick close to a, a, a 1,000 yards already uh, through nine games. Is When you think of you know some of those Arkansas SMU offenses, you, you think of you know the spread and, and lining it up, uh, you know, spreading it out. But there's been a real commitment this year to run the football. Yeah, I think that's what he wants the identity to be. He calls it the triangle of toughness, and we use the area code 210. And so it's defense, offense, and special teams that make up the, the, the triangle. And he wants to be able to run the ball, be able to stop the run, and not end up, and to be flawless on special teams. And that's kind of been the, the goal there. You mentioned Frank Harris. This guy's been the, the biggest hard luck kid you've ever seen. Uh, his senior year in high school, he tears an ACL. Uh, he comes and rehabs at UTSA. And two years ago, on the last play of spring practice, right before the spring game, he's just making a little cut as he crosses the goal line and tears the other ACL. And then he has another year of rehab in that. And then last year, he named the starter. And in the third game against North Texas, he gets a, a, a separated shoulder that pretty much sidelines him for the rest of the year. And he comes all the way back this year, and he gets to to the, the third game and gets hurt again and had to miss a couple of games. So... Uh, the thing is, the biggest issue with Frank is to keep him healthy, but nothing deters him, and he's always looking forward to making the uh, the next move. So, Andy, uh, this is not a normal year. I know bowl eligibility is different this year than, than normally, but in a normal year, uh, this would be the game that could uh, 
ice a bowl game for Texas San Antonio. So I'm sure your kids are thinking about that, right, the postseason uh, as well as finishing out the rest of this year. Yeah, I think when when, the, when there were only 75 teams playing, they all thought we were all going to go to a bowl game. And now that the other conferences have rejoined and, and started to play, I think for UTSA, they know that they're not going to get picked over a, a Power 5 conference school if they don't have six or seven wins. So this game and North Texas, and if they get the chance to make up the Rice game, are all very important to get to that number so that they have the chance for postseason competition. And I think that's the most important thing for UTSA uh, to look to uh, to uh, in the in the near future because they definitely want to go to the postseason and that would be huge for this program in Jeff's first year. No question. And the Roadrunners will attack Southern Miss how? Well, they want to run the football. And sincere McCormick didn't play last week. He was out of town because his uh, girlfriend and him were having a child, and he wanted to be with her. And uh, so he uh, spent the, the week. He basically didn't practice the whole week. Uh, Brandon Brady's another really good running back, and he's the second back in, in that tandem, so they'll both play. Sincere will probably get about 60 to 70% of the carries and Brendan 30. Uh, but they want to run the football, and if they can run the football well, they'll be effective. And they've got some really talented wide receivers. Uh, Zachary Franklin, number 18, is run, runs routes as good as any wide receiver I've ever seen. Uh, and he's just a sophomore. He's a really good player. And I look uh, for him to have uh, some unbelievable success uh, even after football if he, if he dedicates himself to that. So they'll throw it when they need to, and they've been pretty effective with it. But it's a running attack that they want to with the RPO game and the, and the power running game. All right, Luke, wrap it up. Um, Andy, you know, this has uh, just been a, a really, really strange year. You guys fortunate enough to, to get nine games in so far. And, that you know, even in the midst of it, a three-game stretch against UAB, BYU, and, and Army. I mean, that's a pretty pretty tough three-game stretch. Uh, do, you, do they feel like they've overachieved in, in year one under Jeff Trailer? or do they feel like they're right where they should be? Well, I don't think the players feel like they've overachieved, but I think those who are around the program are going, wow, what, what is this, what's the future going to look like? Uh, this is a team that's won three games the last couple of years and looked in total disarray at times and didn't look like they could beat anybody that wasn't really, really bad. I mean, they beat UTEP and Rice in a, in a, in a Division two school, and that's been it. Uh, and so now they, they seem to ha- have it together. And even though they didn't beat UAB and BYU on the road, they played really hard, and there were those games. That game, like a lot of games, came down to about two or three plays, and they would have had a chance. So, those road successes give them confidence, but they are going to be reminded they've never won it at Southern Miss. Uh, they have not won a lot of road games over the years, and so they're not taking this game lightly at all. Even though Southern Miss is on a down year this year, uh, they know that uh, they're not good enough yet to overlook anyone. All right, Andy, as always, we really appreciate your input. Always enjoy our conversations with you. Uh, Good luck this weekend. Thanks for coming back on the show. You got it, guys. See you soon. Andy Everett, everybody, play-by-play voice of Texas San Antonio, Saturday's opponent against the Golden Eagles. Eagle Hour continues right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Wednesday, appreciate Andy Everett from the University of Texas San Antonio for joining us. Golden Eagles 
taking on the Roadrunners uh, this coming Saturday. UTSA five and four on the year. One name that you didn't hear us mention uh, was was Tyrone Nix, and who's the defensive coordinator right now. And the reason we didn't bring up Tyrone uh, simply because he is uh, he's right now absent from the program. Official statement from UTSA. Tyrone Nix has been placed on administrative leave in connection with an internal investigation. In order to ensure and protect the integrity of the process, we will not be making any additional comments at this time. So uh, Tyrone Nix was not with the Roadrunners last week, and it is supposed he will not be with them this week. Just wanted to, to let you know that. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, right across the street from the University of Southern Mississippi. They're also open 24-7 campusbookmark.net, the place to go to get all your swag. Football season still going on. Basketball uh, opening up next week. Campus Bookmark can help you. Happy to have us on, have uh, with us on the Eagle Hour now uh, one of the absolute golfing legends uh, from Southern Miss, uh, VJ Trillio, an M-Club Hall of Fame uh, golfer from 1996 to 1998, the first Southern Miss golfer to ever participate and an NCAA championship now, a golf instructor at Old Waverly. And, uh, and VJ, I, you told me off air, Yelverton's still up there too. It's pretty amazing to me. The best golf course in Mississippi. The two instructors there are both Southern Miss Eagles. So take that Mississippi State and Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we have a, we have a nice Southern Miss Eagle kind of perched up in the teaching center just in case somebody's looking, you know. Well, we, we certainly uh, commend you, man. What an outstanding career, not only in college, but now with what you're doing uh, in, yeah, in golf instruction. And, man, what, what a weekend. Uh, it was really weird seeing Augusta in orange and yellow uh, this past weekend, but it was outstanding. I know uh, it was big for Mississippi also. I was uh, riding recently, went right through Union, Mississippi. How cool was it for the game of golf in the state of Mississippi that uh, Andy Ogletree represented the state uh, as the uh, U.S. amateur? You know, I think it's fantastic. Um, it, it, that's something that Randy Watkins was uh, was my club pro when I was a kid and, and growing up in Brandon, Jackson area. And then Sam Hall was my college coach at Southern Miss. And, you know, those two guys were mentors to me, and they always kind of told me and, and told anybody that wanted to listen that Mississippi could produce great athletes. Mississippi... Uh, could get things done and you know that was when i played for sam that's that's all we heard was how good we could be um you know how good southern miss was there's no reason we should be a top 20 program in the country so um all these years later to to see what's taking place as far as ali mcdonald winning on the lpga tour last week um jonathan randolph matt fast uh, Carlos Saints. I mean, some some fantastic. And the newest up is is Chad Ramey, who's a Fulton County boy, a Wamba County boy. This night's on the um, the money list. And so, if you cap all that off and you look at it and you sort of surmise that you go, okay, Andy Ogletree grows up in Mississippi outside of Meridian, goes on to win the USAM, then goes on to be the low amateur, and you know, at twilight last. Well, by twilight, I guess at three o'clock in the afternoon last Sunday, it's him and Tiger Woods and Dustin Johnson walking over the hill at Augusta National to receive the uh, ceremony. And so, you know, I think it's a fantastic thing for the generation, the athletes that are growing up now, to be able to see um, and to understand that in, in the state of Mississippi and and at the University of Southern Miss, anybody can accomplish anything. 
One one of those up and comers, uh, your son, and and we bring this up talking about uh, Andy Ogletree. Your son last year in the USAM, where where Andy wanted to qualify uh, to be in the Masters, he was right there in the thick of it at Pinehurst, man. And and yeah. uh, he, I hear he had a pretty good caddy along the way. Yeah, he <laughs> he had the, he had an efficient one. It, it it didn't cost a whole lot of money, and he was able to keep up right. And his name happened to be uh, VJ Trollio, but yeah, it was a it was a you know it was a fantastic week. Obviously, Cohen uh, would love to have gotten more done then, just like every other athlete that's ever performed. You know, if, if you can, you want to if you can win, win, and if you can win by a bunch, win by a bunch. But uh, that was a fantastic week. It was um, it, it was fun to see, and it's it's fun to see again just just running on this same idea. It's just really good for for the state of Mississippi to see what these athletes are able to do at national level. And um, you know, and, and twenty years ago, thirty years ago, nobody saw that. And, and so it's just it's awesome. You, you mentioned Sam Hall, and yeah. I think Mississippi, uh, generally speaking, did not realize what they had for so long with nationally in, in the national golf game with Mr. Hall and Mr. Yeah. Carpenter. I, I mean, what better two ambassadors? And I think those two guys, if you just ask you know, the average Mississippi sports fan, very, uh, they, it would be a shame that less people know about how those guys represented Mississippi and how they influenced on a national level a professional sport like they did. Yeah, they did. You know, James Ray was the president of the PGA of America, which is – which is not an easy task. That that takes a lot of commitment from him and a lot of commitment from his family. Um, that's a lot of time spent at, at at PGA of America type events. And then you know, Coach Sam Hall. I can't say enough, right? He was he was just my mentor when I when I walked on the campus of Southern Miss. I was an 18 year old kid, and when I left, I was a 22 year old man. And and uh, you know, Coach was Coach Hall was just so influential in my life he the, the woman that i've been married to for 20 years now you know he he knew her uh he knew us as a couple uh he, he was just a phenomenal person and i think that at the end of the day when when everything is kind of pushed over and and you and you look back at somebody's life i don't know that if you i don't know that you went all you, you remember all the tournaments i don't know you, that you remember all the wins um but i do know that you remember the, the things you did for people. And when it comes to Coach Hall and James Ray Carpenter, they did a lot of things for a lot of people, and they elevated um, our sport in particular, our athletic sport, golf. They elevated it in the state of Mississippi. And that's, you know, what else What else do you ask of a man except for those type of, those type of ingredients? Trailblazers, for sure. We're talking with uh, V.J. Trollio, uh, former golfer, for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, and now a professional and instructor at, at Old Waverly, um, what does it mean for you, VJ? And we and we've talked about this before with you when you've been on the show before. But when you look back, talking about you know Trailblazers, what uh, Mr. Carpenter, Mr. Hall, and others have done, you were the first Southern Miss golfer to ever participate in the NCAA championship, and in, in the late nineties. When you look back on it, twenty, you know, two years later, what does that mean for you in, in the accomplishments that you've been able to? So many, you know, and so many big things you've been a part of. But looking back as being a trailblazer in that way for Southern Miss golf. Well, you know, I just um, my my mother and my father always told me that there was room at the top. You know, VJ, there's always room at the top. Don't ever be worried about it. There's always room at the top, and so 
you know, I always wanted to be good. Um, and, and I had a lot of people help me get there. Um, but it, it means a lot because, you know, it's not easy to coach up a 10-year-old up to the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour. That's not easy. And it's not easy to be around really good players, really good athletes under high demands, and, and try to say the right things to them. Um, it's not easy to get in the top 100 as far as coaches and the uh, golf coaches in, in the United States. Um, none of those things are easy. But when you, when you see success when you're young um, and you kind of trailblaze through that, well, then those successes start adding up. You know, and it and it, it means a ton because it's the it's the backbone of not only what you can do when you when you put your heart in it, but it's also a real learning curve of you know what could I have done better and what can I provide to my athletes that I coach now. So it's it's the backbone of everything, and and for that I'm always indebted to the University of Southern Mississippi. Big, uh, big uh, announcement for your family. Um, your son committed to LSU. We'll let you off the hook on that on that one. But I know he's excited, man. How cool is it? The next generation is going going to play Division One golf, also. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. It's it's fun for him to see. It's uh, it's you know, the, it looks like the I ten corridor is still calling the trollios back down there, right? But um, <laughs> but it's great, man. It's it's. it's it's a great facility. It's a great university. Um, he loves the coach, Chuck Winstead. And, you know, that's, it, it, that goes back to Sam Hall. Uh, you know, the, the one reason I came to Southern Miss over, over the other schools was Sam Hall. And I tried to instill that in every athlete I've coached, and especially my son. It's like, you know, don't worry about the university you're playing, playing for. Worry about that guy that's going to be there. He's going to be your first boss. And so Chuck Winstead is phenomenal. And Cohen is fired up, and um, I, I guess we'll be making more trips down and through Hattiesburg, getting down to Baton Rouge to see him. Well, VJ, we appreciate your time today. You know, Yelverton, you told me he's got six or seven guys on tour. Just yeah, keep Yelverton, him humble up there, right. okay? Make- Yelverton, Yelverton <laughs> is a stud. He's working with uh, two guys, top 50 in the world. Uh, he's got he's got seven guys on the PGA Tour now, so he's spending a lot of time out there. Um, just, to, you know, another Southern Miss grad. He was, I believe, the second or third person, right, to make it to NCAA. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's awesome to have it. Well, man, we appreciate your time. Thanks for being a great ambassador for Southern Miss, and, man, have a great week. Thank you very much. VJ Trollio, golf professional at Old Waverly. We'll take a timeout. Kelly Santa right after this. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Barn Grill. Located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, our good buddy Slade White, his friendly crew over there at the home of the 895 Lunch. Always something to do. Always have sports game on the televisions. Go see our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour, and it's Wing Wednesday. I think I I've been out on COVID, so if this is wrong, I apologize. Chalk it up to COVID. But when Wing Wednesday goes down, twenty four wings for only fifteen dollars. Four Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor 
of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly John Center on the phone with us. And Kelly, how's your Wednesday going? Man, is this, this is the first time the, the whole gang's been together for quite a while. In a while, yeah. Yeah. And before you get started, Center, I want to thank you uh, on the air for filling in so admirably and handling the ship while Luke was out ill and I was out vacationing. Uh, we really appreciate it. We're lucky to have you as part of the team, brother. Well, you're very kind, Bob. Thanks. Yeah, no, anytime, man. That's, uh, you know, enjoy doing it. Always enjoy having a good spirited conversation about, uh, you know, Southern Miss athletics and you know what the ncaa put out a report today you guys about uh which and the reason i bring it up is because there always seems to be an an air of con, you know content in contentiousness between the academic communities of universities and the athletics you know a lot of the professors well, i just don't understand why we put so much money into athletics you know people that bounce a ball or you know whatever and athletic you know the athletic side you know, picking on the academic side lots of time when the when the overall experience is what is what it's all about. Anyway, I say all that, say the NCAA released a report today that in a six year period, uh, assuming that the average student earns a degree in six years, the graduation rate in a six year period of non athletes at the NCAA Division One level is sixty eight percent. So 68% of the people who start as freshmen wind up getting their degrees. If you take those same students except the ones that are athletes, that are scholarship athletes, the graduation rate is 90%. Is that so right? I, yeah. So I, I just find that really interesting because lots of times, you know, the athletes get picked on for not really being very academically conscious. But but really, when you when they crunch those numbers, the NCAA says really when it comes to getting the degrees, athletes are doing a better job of getting the diplomas than your uh, academic student is. I just I just thought that was kind of interesting. What about y'all? Yeah, I agree, and, and that was one of the things I was always the proudest about the Jeff Bauer era here at Southern Miss was I, I believe he had a graduation rate of in excess of ninety five percent. Am I not right about that, Luke? Almost everybody that played for Coach Bauer graduated. We were yeah we were we were plus ninety it was like Duke Boston College and there was like one more school that was ahead of us but you know and, the, and part of the reason for that was like we went to class and I tell you this and and uh, you know there were there were times that we had uh, you know counselors or Miss Tracy Robinson or or uh, support staff that would be there making sure we were in class but dude you went to class because sometimes Coach Jeff Bauer himself would be standing at that door of the, in the fine arts building <laughs> a liberal arts building or or a green hall and he would be standing there with a clipboard and I mean we coordinators came I mean there'd be coaches that would check and. I think that was part of it, and I guarantee you, if you didn't, if you didn't go to class and you got busted, you were in the rock at five thirty early on a Wednesday morning, and about an hour later, you'd be doing anything to go to class. So yeah, he he showed it, he demonstrated it, and that's why I think uh, one of the main reasons why you have a statistic like that. Kelly, did it break it down by any chance by sport? I'd be curious to know how each individual sport does in that. And, Bob, I'll do some more research on that. No, it did not initially because the report was just released, but I would find that intriguing as well as to as to which sports have the, the highest uh, level of, of uh, graduation. I'll see if I can't uh, look into that a little bit more and report back. Meanwhile, the COVID list of college football games um, grows again. I mean, this weekend, the Duke-Wake Forest game, you can add that to the list 
of games that will not be played, along with three in Conference USA that we went over with uh, yesterday. So the MAC is planning on playing tonight. The biggest, biggest game on the schedule is Western Michigan at Central Michigan. Both of those teams are undefeated, and uh, Central Michigan comes into that game as a, as a one-point favorite. So there will be Wednesday night action. And Tulane is in action tomorrow night with the NFL, and a good NFL game tomorrow night, the Seahawks hosting the Cardinals. And the Atlanta Falcons, the Dirty Birds, and the New Orleans Saints will get together again this weekend. But this time the Saints will be without uh, without Drew Brees. So we'll see how that works out. But other than that, you guys, it's been a pretty quiet sports day around the country. Right. Well, hopefully the COVID situation won't affect, won't affect us this week because I, I think, am I wrong, guys, but haven't they had an unusually high outbreak of the virus in the San Antonio area? Had, haven't we talked about that some, Kelly? Well, I know in El Paso. El Paso, they, okay, I yeah, got to mix up. El Paso, El Paso had a, re- and and speaking of the, which is totally you know not sports related, but but just breaking on the news side, the New York City schools are closing down again. Uh, all of the New York public schools will be closing hmm. down because of a, of, of another uh, season of COVID. So just when it looks like we're getting to the light at the end of the tunnel of this thing, the tunnel just got a little bit longer. Right, it would appear. All right, Kelly. I know you're going Saturday. Uh, this is going to be uh, this going to be a tough football team for the Golden Eagles to handle this week. And with the offensive woes that now seem to uh, permeate the team, uh, going to be a challenging Saturday. It is, and and San Antonio is playing for something. You know, right. I mean, they are one of the teams that are mentioned as a potential as a potential bowl team. And really, when it comes right down to it, they can they can still play for a potential. You know, it's an outside shot, but but uh, but they've got a shot at at, at winning the West. Um, whoever wins the West is going to have their work cut out for them because um, yeah, uh, Marshall just looks like right now that it's on an unstoppable uh, you know train. So it looks like Marshall would would win Conference USA, and you almost you almost all disrespect to the other schools. You almost hope that Marshall does, and that Marshall runs the table and goes undefeated, so that you know, Conference USA could get whatever the highest-level conference USA is ever going to get in the bowl series, that Marshall would get that this year. Uh, right. Because as we've, le- as we've learned following Southern Miss basketball over the years, you can win 32 games <laughs> and not even get in the NCAA <laughs> basketball tournament. So That's such a you're joke. Almost, yeah, you're almost yeah. pulling for Marshall to run the table. Uh, look, how, how, well, if Marshall ran the table, Luke Johnson, how high a bowl game do you think they might get? Well, it's just going to depend where they finish in the rankings. They they've got this game uh, this weekend is uh, postponed against Charlotte. They've got Rice and and F, FIU, but when you look at kind of it's not it's not just about who is where you are. It depends on who, who's around you. So when you look at the AP uh, top twenty five, what hurts Marshall right now is that BYU is eighth, Cincinnati is uh, seventh. So that's an independent. Cincinnati is a group of five team, and those two, you know, would would hurt you in in a uh, a New Year's Six uh, bowl. You look also Coastal Carolina right now in the AP poll. Uh, they're tied for fifteenth. Also, they're a little further back in in the coaches poll. But BYU and Cincinnati at seven and zero and eight and zero that hurts the herd. And so. Uh, it's going to be really hard for Marshall if both of those teams went out to get into a, a New Year's Six Bowl. 
So you would certainly think that that uh, a higher one would would come along, but man, it it it's just one of those deals where you're having a an excellent year and and you're not just competing against who you're playing on the schedule, you're competing against other teams that are undefeated also. And and Bob, I got to tell you, and this is this is from social media, which I got a kick out of. Somebody somebody said it could it could come down to not realistically, but it could come down to Notre Dame, Liberty, BYU. And Alabama, and if that's the case, you would have the Catholics, the Baptists, the Mormons against Satan himself <laughs> against Alabama. <laughs> it could be a holy playoff. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you, you never pull for Satan, not ever. No, so, never. Um, uh, Liberty, Liberty wouldn't get a shot if they finished thirteen and zero. Fair to say, guys. Yeah, yeah they're not I'm even in the top twenty right now. I mean, they're twenty first in the in the AP poll. They're twenty second in the coaches poll. Yeah, I mean, Coastal Carolina's got a far better shot, and and they're fourth. So. Yeah, I think Cincinnati or BYU, one of those is going to remain undefeated. Um, what What's funny is Georgia is is four and two, and they're ahead of both Marshall and Coastal Carolina. Um, you You've got another. Let's see, Miami. Well, Miami lost to Clemson, so that's okay. But yeah, you've got a two loss team, three spots ahead of of two other teams, and uh, Texas at five and two is just one spot behind Liberty. Liberty, who's eight uh, no. Auburn four and two ahead of Liberty at eight no. So it's always interesting. Never changes, guys, does it? I, I have to say this too. You know, if if you ask people what what's been the biggest disappointment in Conference USA this year, you always hate to turn the mirror on yourselves. But but Southern Miss, because of you know whatever the circumstances, it's just been a horrible disappointment. But other than that, FIU has been a horrible disappointment. I mean, Butch Davis went took that program over with national, you know, prominence. They're not that guy ain't working for minimum wage. I'll no. tell you that. And, and FIU stinks. They're terrible. Maybe we could arrange a postseason matchup with them, Kelly. What do you think? Let's go for it. <laughs> I'm in. We'll digest that. He makes a million dollars. Yeah. One I'll, million dollars. I'll take it. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Toyota of Hattiesburg brings you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Let Toyota of Hattiesburg help you with your next vehicle purchase. Luke and Bob from First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, in beautiful downtown Laurel. Southern Miss baseball is in the middle of the Fall World Series. The Black Squad won last night 7-3. They take a 2-1 advantage in the best of five-game series. Game four will take place Friday at 3 p.m. Danny Lynch last night with three hits and three RBIs. Uh, Will McGillis uh, also had an RBI single. Billy Garrity and Dustin Dickerson both had run-scoring singles to 
uh, round out the scoring. So uh, Ben Etheridge uh, allowed just one run on three hits, struck out three also. So uh, it's good to hear about Southern Miss baseball um, going on. Also, um, some action tonight, Northern Illinois at Ball State, Toledo at Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan at Central Michigan, all of those on ESPN Network and CBS Sports Network. The most exciting game of the week, and we'll just go ahead and start talking about this Sunday, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, go to Landover, Maryland, to take on the Washington football team. So all my, my job here, here is just to tee it up and to let you guys go back and forth. Washington is a... Serious point and a half uh, favorite in no, this one. Joe Burrow takes on Alex Smith. Yes, the Washington football team is a please, favorite. So, uh, Bob, go ahead and and being the favorite, lay it to the underdog right now. Well, Kelly, you remember the band America, don't you? I do. The famous song "Horse with No Name." With no name, that's right. Well, this is the team with no name. It is the same sorry a team, uh, but with just no name. So, I think anybody that would favor the Redskins to beat anyone in the NFL must be smoking crack, Kelly. Well, I have to disagree with you, Bob, because it's better to be a team with no name than a team with no talent. (laughs) Well, this is both the cases uh, with the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins. Yeah, to show you the ineptitude of these two teams, the last time they met was actually in Washington, what, two or three years ago, and... They played to an overtime tie. Correct. Um, I think each field goal kicker even tried to win the game, and they blew their field goal attempts. Right. At the end of the game, and then they both missed field goals in overtime. And and what's even harder to believe is that supposedly the New York Jets are worse than both of these teams. I'd have to see that to believe it. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, didn't you see the Jets play the Redskins? Well, you know, this is a funny thing. I happened to be a witness to the last time the New York Jets won a football game. That was in November of last year when my wife and my daughter and myself foolishly paid a lot of money to fly up to Washington and watch the Redskins play the Jets, just knowing that, well, we're going to go this year and see them play somebody they can beat. And they were beaten 38-14, to and that, Luke Johnson, was the last game the New York Jets won against the team now formerly known as the Washington Redskins. Who are you liking this one, Luke? <clears throat> I just like Joe Burrow. I'll be honest with you. But I'll tell you what, I mean, Alex Smith, making his first start in forever, throws close to 400 yards. And they lost. I mean, that's exciting, and that and that's a, that's a, a great story. But, yeah, I, I like Joe Burrow. And I'm going with Joe Burrow. However, I probably will be starting Antonio Gibson on my fantasy team, so I hope he gets a a couple touchdowns in there. But, yeah, I will go ahead and make my prediction ahead of time, and I will go with Kelly Sanders. I love that, Kelly. He's in the bingle corner. I even even felt sorry for Bob at that game because they went online, you know, to to get, you know, tickets. And then they go to the game, and scalpers would have given them tickets just to Right, I, I I think I, I recall. Could have helped him out. Yeah, Luke Johnson I sent got him a me a box seat for like sixteen dollars. He did. He sent he sent me an email as I recall when I was up there, and he had found a box seat for like twenty bucks. <laughs> it yeah. was atrocious. I got, I got I to meet Adrian Peterson that day, so I, I guess it was worth it in that respect. That's but, right. Uh, but boy, it, they suck. It was Kelly. worth it. They just suck. Um, 
Good good show tomorrow, guys. Christian Ostrander, pitching coach for Southern Miss, is on. He's I guess they got a day off with the World Series. So Coach O on tomorrow. Also, or Coach Oz on tomorrow. Also, Patrick McGee will be on tomorrow. Fresh new article out. Um, some upcoming, uh, some, some more names out there to talk at uh, football head coach wise. And uh, I mean, guys, look, I mean, it, it's November 18th. Uh, we've got one more full week of November. Uh, Jeremy McLean said he wanted a coach in place by the end of November or first part of December. December is only two weeks away. Two weeks from today is December 2nd. So, you know, we're T-minus 20 days from having uh, possibly a, a new coach name, maybe even less than that. But Patrick will uh, be on tomorrow to, to give us some more names in the coaching search. Be interesting. Are, you, are you sure the Redskins are favored to beat? Cincinnati, Luke, or is it? It's got to be the other way around, right? No. ESPN.com, Washington, a point and a half favorite. The over under is 46 and a half. Boy, Kelly, that yeah. must make you feel good. <laughs> oh, well, you know, bring on the Chiefs <laughs> <laughs> and the Steelers. But, you know, and I know, we, I know we're getting ready to close the show, but tomorrow we need to ask Patrick, too. If, he, if Jeremy McLean wants to meet that timeline, wouldn't it make sense that the, the new guy is not going to be a current head coach? Yeah, well, we'll see. Great conversation for tomorrow. We'll be back at one. We hope you'll join us. Whole gang back together. That felt good for a change. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the, to the top. keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.